Frank, just tell me what you see. What does it look like? I don't know if it's a mole or if it's a devil's teat. I know this is uncomfortable for both of us, but tell me if it's a devil's teat. I'm sorry, I think I'm going to need to poke it again. <laughs> I know you're ticklish, Thompson. <laughs> this is becoming egregious. <laughs> How does poking help you determine it? Well, it, like, it, I'll, I'll, know, I'll know if it responds or not, right? Like, if it shows All right. quality on response to outside stimulus, then that points to it being a devil's teat, does it not? Fair enough. Ah, I'm leaning towards teat. Or or it could just be a third nipple. I don't remember casting someone familiar, but I might have. I got it, it's it's been a long, been uh, a long I week. think I think a teat is generally more uh, developed than just a nipple, but I don't know. Different bodies. I, I don't mean to body shame you. I, I assumed that the devil's teat was just a nipple. You're saying it's a whole tit? It look it's looking a bit swollen, man. I I hey hey hey. Look on the bright side, it could just be a tumor. No, that's all right. If it's just a tumor, it means I can get a new proxy going on. Excellent. Yeah. That's what you do with cancerous tumors. You proxy them. Anyway, I was thinking, well, this is actually a fortuitous uh, growth because all right. we were thinking of I'm glad you're thinking positively um, about it. That's right. You've got to think positive. I've heard that makes them grow faster. Just warning you. I'll think you positive. That's terrible. Uh, <laughs> you shouldn't be. Well, it, it really catches. It really puts you in a bind, doesn't it? Yeah, that's an interesting. That's an interesting curse. Just like yeah, you've got this growth on you. Keep keep thinking negative thoughts, or it will grow. <laughs> um, that's horrible. Uh, anyway. I've been thinking about animals, um, and right. specifically animals and how demons and animals intersect. Oh, all right. Sure, sure. Because it is canonical within the war game and, then th- and thus possibly in the metaphysics in which we live that human beings have souls, although no longer a soul stat, while animals have spirits. Yes. What's the difference? Who knows? Sounds like prejudice to me. Presumably some bullshit about qualia. It's always bullshit about qualia. We've talked about um, the legitimacy of non-entities before. Yes. Uh, Some of our friends are soulless husks. But there is a truth that there is some stuff that appears to happen only to humans because humans have the soul. Yeah. Um, And we live in a humanocentric universe at the moment. Or at least least that the human soul seems to work differently from the soul of everything else. Except for maybe dolphins that still... Yeah, because they're bastards, just like we are. Oh, and, and legion pigs. They see, like it's like every totalize. It's like any to, uh, totalizing. Fuck, I can't speak. Any totalize. I'm not gonna try. Th- third one's out. Uh, any ideology like this, it's always this big and encompassing. Oh, totalizing. Totalizing, yes. <laughs> I guess, um, I guess. And it's always big and encompassing these big and encompassing sweeping statements on who does and does not count as a person and they say like, oh well then yeah, there's yeah, these yeah. edge cases there are only men and women except for these edge cases only human beings have souls except for these pigs and dolphins the legion pigs have souls I guess they do and they, they can cast magic can't they that's kind of can they I uh, we, have to talk about a, we haven't really gone into legion pig legion pigs are an interesting group I don't want to go dig too deep into the legion pig mythos but uh, they're also an interesting because they're not demons, they're pigs. Yeah. Um, and the, the whole story of them coming from Jesus casting demons into a herd of pigs, that might be like, they might be demons. Yeah. They could be of demon origin. Uh, I like the idea that they're not, that they're just like smart pigs that hate us and are jealous. Um, it opens up some doors. Uh, I did also have an idea once. And of, to, um, to which I say, guys, your orgasms last like a whole hour. I, I think we end up pretty even in this exchange. I'm sure they enjoy their 
the memory of their like hour long orgasm as they're being ground up into sausage meat. Hey, sure it's it's what I would take comfort in if I was in that situation. That's <laughs> at fair. least I had extremely long orgasms. You know what? This life wasn't too bad after all. Oh god, the pain. One day, um I did have a thought a while ago. If I ever set if I ever run a UA game set in like an on an like a Pacific island or like a coastal community or something like that, I wanna have like um the equivalent of Legion Dolphins, which possess people that run around just laughing at things and doing sociopathic bullshit. Sure, sure. And the thing for me with Legion pigs is like, all right, say they are descended from the demons that Christ dro- drove into all those pigs. That just brings up more questions, doesn't it? Because like, okay, either you have this thousands of years lineage of demons possessing their progeny as pigs, yeah? Or somehow that demonic possession uh, of animals when two of those kinds of animals breed, it passes on intelligence. Does that mean the demon is getting passed on? Is it like part of the mm. demon getting passed on? How does that work? Mm. Is there, do, does each pig sperm cell have like a little billionth of a demon shard in there that then gestates in the fetal pig? See, there's a lot of questions that they bring up. While, again, we shouldn't draw on this too much because it's not really the intended topic from what you tell me. They're important to bring up as another example of like intelligent animals that may or may not be demon related. Yes, definitely. Um, they are a topic worthy of their own discussion. I agree. Lots of ideas with demon, with uh, Legion pigs. And we could sort of tie them into... There are two major... Because like, we talk about some 2E stuff for the mm-hmm. most part here. Uh, the big example, um, and this came out... Since we talk, since we started with the teat, we'll discuss what the devil's teat's all about. With familiars. Our familiars are something... A concept that everyone listening to this podcast is probably very intimately familiar with from... You know, just lore. Uh, they, they show up in fucking Harry Potter, dude. Like that—that's how exactly, yeah. That—that—that's how ingrained they are with like Western witch mythology. And so this was like something that was I thought interesting to include in Break today, and I think thematically appropriate as a bit of like a a bit of old school throwback um, in the context of crazy McDonald's magical revolution madness. It makes sense to have a little bit of... Well, it, it, I like it having familiars in there. The ability to... And there's not all that many rituals in Break Today. So one of them with quite a lot of detail being summoned familiar was interesting to me. Although this, the, the, the ritual itself is a bit odd. I would agree. I mean, my understanding as far as like the witch mythology stuff, it was considered fairly common for witches to have third nipples and whatnot to the point where yep. it was like one of the marks of the witch that witch hunters looked for and you know say what you will Thompson. there are our forefathers and foremothers uh had like we had very similar conversations to the one we were just having about 15 minutes ago except that a key difference being that i would have been holding a gun yeah or, or a torch or yes. something uh, a noose is that a, is that a- all, all sorts of fun implements that's right so, so what is a familiar a familiar is an animal servant uh, in- more intelligent than an unusual animal one that you can communicate with um, that will show up if you do a particular ritual um, involving like a used staff and a chalice and a cauldron and like uh, doing it on Volpurgisnacht or yeah. All Hallows Eve and saying some weird like hocus pocus bullshit to cut your left hand and 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 summon the animal. It's very old school yeah. in a way that suggests it's not old school. 
it's very old school in the sort of like someone in the late 19th century made this up and, ext- and like extrapolated back in time. I just, I could see that. I could see it being old, but not as old as it thinks it is. Like dating back to, you know, like the 1600s. I think like various rituals to summon smart animal probably existed across history in different cultures. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing with any ritual. We, you can never really know which parts of the ritual are the stuff that actually makes it work and which ones are extraneous. There was an interesting ritual. I mean, this, this ties back, this ties more into, um, not really a ritual, but it's a bit of lore, uh, which probably ties into some of our later discussion. But in Chinese folklore, foxes could become human beings if they did, if I remember it correctly, um, if they did one of two things, they could either like, become devout buddhists and this is this is from the buddhist chinese tradition chinese buddhist tradition yeah. um for like a hundred years or they could just eat a hundred human livers whichever is <laughs> whichever you'd rather do do they need to be from live humans in which case hey you can do that ethically. i believe so oh okay never mind yeah like i was i was hoping that i could just like dig up a freshly dead guy and snack on his liver and do that a few times and they're good maybe it's an option too i know in japan with their folklore the kitsune is like usually more of a benevolent figure they're like tricksters i believe right that's my understanding is they are tricksters but the stories that i've heard of foxes in from korea and china are much like they're 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 like dark tricksters yeah bad a lot of the time um less kelkapelli more loki yes yes um there's a few stories my favorite one is like the fox surgeons where a guy is like going into like um to like get fixed up and like realizes wait a minute the doctor's got a tail oh they're foxes they're trying to get my liver i mean i love that in mythology that sort of mythology where it's like oh yeah it's a trickster trickster figure and their whole thing is just they play these horribly dangerous pranks on you for yucks because they don't actually value your life and you think oh that's so far-fetched something like that would never happen then you then i think like oh wait i i've run role-playing games i know how player characters act yes yes Exactly. Trickster spirits are just the player characters of classical mythology. That's what I'm saying. Absolutely. It's a meta bullshit there. <laughs> so, once you've done this old school ritual, the animal will appear, drink from the chalice you prepared, and be stroked by your bloody left hand, and it becomes your new familiar. You are its master. You missed one crucial step here. Where does the devil's teat come in? Oh, yes. Well, the devil's teat will appear on your body. Uh, this is what you need to keep your familiar happy and alive and healthy. It will suckle upon your teat. Now, it will appear anywhere on your body. Um, it often appears on the left hand where you've made the wound during the ritual, but it could appear anywhere, um, including somewhere that you don't want it to appear. Especially somewhere you don't want it to appear. Yes. There's, there's two problems. One, it could appear somewhere that's super conspicuous, which is bad if there's witch hunters about. Or the other, it could appear somewhere very embarrassing the example they give that if a devil's teat appears on the bottom of your tongue uh that's fine for keeping it hidden but not fine for um having it suckled regularly by an animal and there, there, there's there, there's way worse places that oh, that could end up than your tongue the tongue's gross there's way worse than that that tie in a sense directly into traditional witch depictions there you go there you go that's true actually yeah although you are more likely than not even from the art like the piece of art that they include in break today is just the big fat guy with a with a, a few nipples on his tummy yeah and considering like the body's like 
coverage. Uh, it's probably going to end up like on your leg or something. Yeah. Uh, on your torso, hopefully, if you're lucky. I mean, the, the, the way these things work are not driven solely by probability. There's, no. there's definitely some ironic punishment aspects to this sort of shit that one must be wary of. You have to wonder if, like, you could possibly um, do some kind of gutter magic or some preparations in advance to, like, encourage it to appear in a certain direct in a certain spot. If I were running a game, I'd allow that. What this needs is a random D100 table for Devil's Teat locations. Devil's Teat locations. Oh, let's let's go OSR need, with this. Yeah, we need the we need the Devil's Devil's Teat location table. Fuck locational damage. That these are the only locations that an armies cares about. <laughs> oh God. Uh, that would be quite the role. Now they can communicate with you. Um, historically, only a few of them could communicate by like grasping a quill or something and writing it. Yeah. But now because of iPhones and Androids and computers and things, like you can communicate with them different ways. Like, yeah. It depends on the animal, I guess. If you get one of those um, concept boards that they have for like when they're trying to teach like um, great apes and dolphins to communicate by pressing certain buttons. I think a lot of these animals could operate a keyboard, especially if you got one with like larger keys, which do exist yeah. for various like disability related reasons. I mean, hell, like a cat could probably pretty easily operate a regular keyboard. A raven, a rat, serpent probably a bit more difficult. I'm not sure how dexterous snakes are with the ends of their tails, typically speaking. Maybe. I mean, remember they are like smarter than the average bear. Yeah, but you know, keyboards are definitely designed for weird particularities of human anatomy where we have very pressure-sensitive fingertips with a very fine degree of dexterity. Now I'm just imagining uh, a situation where an adept who has a familiar is um, trying to communicate with his familiar um, and the familiar, say it's a snake or something and it has a phone with it uh, and there's some like really important shit going on and like the, the adept's like, quick, you have to do this, you have to do this and this and then the, the three dots appear and they're just like, <laughs> There for a while, they disappear and reappear <laughs> as the snake is just having a hard time. Honestly, a pager would also, might be better for a familiar, just because of how they work. Well, you can communicate with them with telepathically anyway. Sure, but the rest of your cabal can't. I just love the image of like um, a, a fucking snake with a pager yeah, strapped to it. Yeah, like, absolutely. That's that's fucking great. With the devil's teat, um, to keep it alive, it will drain you of magic uh at each feeding which may be once a week or maybe more regularly um usually between two or three days it will devour one minor charge if you're an adept uh, or have minor charges for some reason yeah. and if you don't have any of that it will take your blood which only takes a um single hit point of damage but there is a risk of infection which is icky and not fun no i mean as there should be when you know you have a when you're essentially making out with a dog with an open wound your dog familiar walks in and just like you're pulling out the um fucking mouthwash and be like goggle this first you dangy mutt i mean what's worse that or you start pulling out the peanut butter i mean you don't need that because you don't they don't need any no um, but what, hey you incentive. might want to make it more pleasant for them okay sure <laughs> Gilded the lily they're already getting the magic or the blood and they're already pretty hungry um so what are these seven animals that are allegedly the only ones you can get those are cats bats ravens rats serpents toads and dogs now i think this is probably propaganda i think you could probably get more than this oh I goats you, you you need something to walk up to and tell you how to live deliciously of course exactly um i could see like 
It would be better if there was like this was like types of animals, maybe owls like something are another that flies. one that's obvious. Yeah, and you're gonna have you're gonna get the ones with like pigeons and fucking, yeah, sure, <laughs> like lizards, uh, and, monitor uh, lizard, which yep. are already very smart. That's true. Any animal that maybe maybe animals that either live close to humans or are like pets. Although even though I'd I'd I'd, I'd allow something like if someone was like I'd like to have a capybara familiar i'd be like yes it's gonna be really fucked up capybara <laughs> but that's fine I'd, my qualifier would be it has to be an animal that has a history of domestication mm, yeah maybe i would i would allow more exotic pets yeah i mean there's a lot of exotic animals that have been domesticated but you know otherwise you end up and be like oh this is my familiar a lion yeah nah fuck that like the biggest sort of predator you can get is gonna be a dog even like i wouldn't even allow mountain lions i'd allow a lynx maybe the most dangerous creature i allow is a gila monster and that's mostly because it's cool as hell yeah and that's harder that's hard to that's hard as hell to get i i like the idea of a fucking elephant though with this giant trunk sure. this, this fucking witch with all these nipples and like <laughs> all these trunks like coming down. i would allow an edge cases i don't know i i would probably make a rule and then if a player had a good argument i'd be like all right it, it would be a case by case thing. I'm like, okay, if you can, it, like, you need to have a good enough character concept that is leveraged upon having access to like an elephant familiar. It would also be like, I wouldn't let someone have an elephant familiar if you were playing a game in like Middle America, but if you were playing a game in like I think that's Thailand or something, then it's okay. It, it is like, funnier, but you it's more disruptive. Well, yeah, but like, you still have an elephant that you're having to deal with, like. All these other animals yeah, don't stand out, and that's like the that's the main advantage of a familiar is having your little furry or feathery agent that can go out in the world and do uh, recon and shit. You can't do that with an elephant. Yeah, and if you had an elephant in Middle America, someone's going to come and take it away from you because <laughs> you're not supposed to have an elephant. Well, and now you end up with your weird elephant Tiger King situation, and hey, you, now you have your campaign there. The the feds that's, are that's trying fun. to take away your elephant familiar, and goddammit, you aren't going to let them. I was reading about the guy um, that's called the real Tiger King, or the Tiger King of Brooklyn. Actually, actually, here's here's a better explanation. Familiars that are large fauna, like bears and elephants and whatnot, theoretically they can happen. It's pretty common wisdom among people that uh, summon familiars to not do that because... It doesn't take very long for said familiars to realize, like, wait, why the fuck am I waiting on this guy hand and foot? I'm just going to eat him and take all of his charges. But then it's cut off from its source of nutrition forever. I mean, then again, it might not care. Then you find a new one. Also, the thing is, demons are not typically the best at long-term planning. They're they're usually impulsive little buggers. I was talking about the uh, Tiger King of Brooklyn. Yeah. Apparently, that's some other guy. Oh, okay. I was thinking of the uh, Tiger King of. There's a lot of these guys. Harlem. Apparently, damn. Oh, more than the, more than one of the boroughs of New York has a Tiger King. All right. This guy named Antoine Yates. He had a five bedroom apartment in a large public housing complex where he had a tiger oh, that was three house. years old. All so right. He had housemates. With the cost of rent in New York, you take what you can get. You tell me this place is eight hundred a month, and all I need to worry about is there's a tiger here. Fucking yeah, soul. True, true. Uh, there's a great photo of um, this NYPD guy uh, like hanging on the side of the building, and there was a bunch of other animals there as well. Oh, <laughs> like, sure, like like a bunch of them. It's like exotic animal pets, are like lays. Once you pop, you just can't stop. That's right. So considering the history, especially in the US, of like people having tigers they're not supposed to, 
things like that. If we're going with more exotic animals, I would allow it, but I would say, yeah, but you can, it's, it, it loses the point of having a familiar in the first place <laughs> to an extent. You've got a different kind of advantage. I, I think it's just actively dangerous where it's like, okay, if you have an animal that's stronger than you are and it's also intelligent, uh, buddy, you aren't going to be the one giving it directions. <laughs> I have the Tiger King now. Yeah, because then it was it just it will just, uh, you yeah, just overpower you and be like, all right, feeding time, buddy. Yeah, it might if it doesn't eat you, it might just put you in a cage yeah. and then be like, well, I'm going to come and enjoy the devil's teat whenever I need. Meanwhile, I'm going to run my own operation as a tiger, which was which is a fun character concept. It's like, oh, who's in charge of the organized crime in this town? Oh, it's an actual tiger. Sure. Fuck, who has his. Fucking uh, summoner locked in a cage somewhere and he occasionally has to suckle from his teat. That could also be a danger if you have multiple, even if it's not like a big animal, if you've just got like the, the usual raven, serpent, and bat combination, if they like join forces and like, like imprison you yeah. or fuck you up. Which is also why well, you don't want too many familiars. What if they unionize? Oh, yeah. But they do, they are supposed to, they're like driven to follow your directions, I believe. I believe so. I mean, but the question is how much of that is like some compulsion versus just, all right, I know that if I don't follow this guy's instructions, then I won't get any delicious magic milk or, or blood, one or the other. Yeah. I think I like it more if it's just like that kind of coercion. It's just like, uh, yeah. I have to do it. Yeah. This guy's got one over on me. Um, I'd rather not be like this, but them's the breaks. Yeah. I'd imagine it's very humiliating. So th- that's the other thing is like, so, where these creatures come from is they're animals possessed by demons. That's that's sort of the uh, yeah the hidden secret of familiars that like a lot of shit in the UA mythos. It's, it's yeah, it was, it was actually it demons, was a human spirit all along. Yeah. Yes, yes. And I'd imagine among the community of demons that uh, spending time as a familiar is uh, considered very humiliating and all the other demons laugh at you. Well, there are lots of ways to be humiliated as a demon, so, I mean, some might just accept it and be like, look, I'm currently in a body that I can kind of control. I can kind of follow my... Yeah, and that's how they justify it to themselves and others, but they're like, dude, you were sucking from that guy's nipple that, like, was on his butt, and you were a toad. Like, we, we have we we have a pretty high threshold for being embarrassed considering what we've been through, and you have headily surpassed that, buddy. Good job. Speaking of which, that is your nickname now, buddy. With T's, not D's. Now, it is possible um, for the demon to take over the the master. Actually. Also true. I really like that as sort of like a little gameplay thing. Um, so basically when how it works mechanically is um, when someone fails a stress check during that flip out period, the demon can take control of them. And I kind of like that in a sense because normally what happens during those flip out periods, the GM takes control of the character to an extent anyway, right? Sure, yeah. I mean, it depends on the game. In second edition, it was more like that. In third edition, I guess how I run at least is um, the player is locked into acting in some manner encompassed by uh, one of the three options they picked. So you can fight however you want, but you got to fight if you pick that one, right? But in if you're going by the second edition's more so more old school sanity uh, president. Then, yeah, usually during like failed stress checks, the GM just takes control of your character. And that's kind of great for this sort of thing. Cause it's like, okay, you're acting as erratically as you normally would. It's just 
while I, the GM, am narrating your character actions, instead of you just running for the hills, you're acting with a weird amount of premeditation. Yeah, run for the car. Like, yeah, I don't know if I was running it uh, because if the demon wins, right? It's like the um, the soul of the the player character or the adept or whoever is consumed yeah. for a while. Um, I would kick them out and put them in the fucking whatever the familiar's body is. Places, like, yeah. Well, you're now a toad. <laughs> what you gonna do? Hopefully, your the rest of your cabal will figure this out, and there should be a way, a way to like take power back. Obviously, I mean, what's written in the book here seems to imply that it's only for the duration of uh, the failed stress response, unless you get a permanent insanity, in which case it's more long term. Or yeah, and it says that they can just go to possess the other guy at any given time. Um, that's riskier because it's the typical demonic possession thing. In which case, you know, if this keeps happening, uh, and the, uh, wizard was fucking going to realize after a bit, wait, it, all these demonic possession times only really started after I summoned this familiar. Mm. Giving the summon familiar spell to ponies is probably quite fun. Um, if Absolutely. you're in with demons, you'd probably want to do that. Yeah, that's a very good way of getting, uh, both ponies and new players uh kind of a lower stakes way to introduce them to how demons work in ua yeah definitely now the interesting thing about demons uh, about familiars rather and it's sort of presented in a kind of a bit of wishy-washy way but they can um practice magic cast yes. magic uh ability adept magic at least but it's it's presented i don't like it how it's presented in a wishy-washy way because they're not affected by taboo even though there's a section about like playing familiars as player characters and if if there was someone who was playing a familiar as a player character and they had some magic i'd make them keep the taboo and i'd say like okay you have to be or you have to have some kind of taboo i guess the way i'd probably fluff it is just like okay familiars with add up spells can only use minor spells that seems pretty reasonable to me that's reasonable yeah it it constrains their abilities it makes sense because they're only you know sucking on some of the minor charges It, it means you don't have like familiars I don't know, casting uh, Rosencrantz and Gilderstern are dead, which mm-hmm. is its own kettle of fish. Well, that's an interesting point because they give examples of the sort of uh, spells that different familiars might have by um, tying them in with the, the seven deadly sins. Uh, cats are uh, apparently prideful, so they've got access to entropomancy and amoromancy. Sure. Entropomancy makes sense, yeah. I guess. Chaotic. Amoromancy, it's never... It, I, was Amoromancy ever written up anywhere? I believe so, yeah. I can't remember where it is, but it's odd. Just yeah. it's, it's sort of like a bit like a Sylvester then. Pretty creepy. Bats are associated with Plutomancy and Isomancy, which I can't... <laughs> I'm just imagining like a bat operating an ATM. I do enjoy the bat with Plutomancy. Envy for some reason. Sure. I would lose this sin connect, these different seven deadly sins connection. I think they were being too cute with the, uh, yeah, the number seven here. I would agree. But I do um, enjoy... Some of these make sense, like cat and pride, sure. Greed and... Ravens and greed, sure. Rats and gluttony, sure. Serpent lust, oh yeah, because they're shaped like dicks, kind of. And so they suggest pornomancy and omoromancy, leaving out the obvious one, you know, actually... Oh, yeah. Oh, because that's gilding the lily, come on. I'm a snake that can turn into another snake. Yeah, sure. I'm a snake that can turn into a different, bigger snake. That's fair, that's fair. That's awesome. You send your little gardener snake to infiltrate your enemy's apartment, and then just a giant fucking uh, bow constrictor comes out of their vents. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's even funnier if it's another thing, like if it's a rat with herpomancy, <laughs> and the rat is suddenly a fucking bow constrictor. So rats, ravens have plutomancy and kleptomancy. Rats have dipsomancy sure. and kleptomancy. These make sense. <laughs> I, 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 like, I like the dipsomancy rat. 
I like that a lot. Just Mancy rat's pretty good. You keep feeding your rat beer. Now you'd see a few more gormaturge rats. Sure, definitely. Gormaturge rats and the rat somehow knows how to, uh, knows a ritual that lets it control a human through, uh, pulling on its hair. But only while the, the human is actively cooking. Yes. Toads have Cleomancy and Oneromancy for some reason, because they were associated with sloth. Uh, Oneromancy, I guess, is a sloth. And dogs have Epideromancy and Erascomancy associated with Ra. Ra. Epideromancy dog is fucking terrifying, but I do like it because you can have, like... They give rules for familiars as player characters, which, you know, kind of makes sense because there's always that asshole. It's like, huh, huh, what if I want to play a dog? And you see their assholes, not because they're asking that question, but because they never follow through with it. I would love to run a UA game where someone's playing a dog. Yeah, sure. But if you have a uh, epidermancy dog, then you can told, you can have a spin on the whole Scooby gang is an Ananari's cabal. And the reason Scooby can talk. Is behind the dog muzzle, there is a fully formed human mouth with, like, teeth and a tongue and everything. Oof. It doesn't even have a speech impediment. I mean, it's kind of terrifying, the idea of, like, confronting just a normal-looking dog, and then it just, like, rips a piece of itself out. It just, like, reaches down to its leg and just, like, tears into its own leg, and then comes after you. Just starts gnawing its leg. I mean, basically, it's like, hey, you want to do the thing in an armies? Here you go. Here's the license that the official source books have given you. That's right. Thinking about uh, some of these other types of magic, what animal would suit these? Okay. Uh, so agromancy, you're going to have your cow- goats, cow. I guess. Cows. Goats and cows, sure. Goats and cows. Sheep. I can see a sheep uh, familiar. Sheep vestimancy. Oh, yeah, vestimancy, true. So here's my question, right? Here's my question with the vestimancy sheep. Uh, could it use spells by changing its wool in various ways? Because that is technically fabric. Or That's true. does it have to wear people clothes? I like both for different reasons. If it's some kind of great ape, like it's a, it's a chip, <laughs> it's wearing cubic toes, it's fun. Chip familiar should be ha- able to be any kind of edit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, if you're going to have a camera turge familiar, it's got to be the chimp. There you go. I assume. Maybe a, maybe a pigeon, maybe a bird, if it can r- strap a uh, camera to itself. I don't know, it's it, it's hard because I'm looking at these like this. D- like, for example, you're going to rat, you can always go detritomancy. That makes sense. Of course. Any kind. That works for like any kind of uh, scavenger, really. What animal was associated with the gun? I use snakes to an extent, I guess, because of like, you know, uh, snakes can grips and what not. But, um, and also, you know, don't tread on me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. A snake opening its mouth and just there's a, a muzzle of, there's just a muzzle <laughs> of a gun in its mouth and shoot it. Gets him every time. It fell for one of the classic blunders. Nobody expects a rattlesnake gun. Oh, that's so good. I'd like to see a gnomon familiar. That'd be fun. Um, the cat, obviously. Obviously. Sure. Oh my god. Iconomancy familiars. So, like, they're, they're trying to look like Lassie or whoever. Okay, like, interesting, dog. interesting. You'd have to, like, go in through, like, who are the most, who's the most famous dog in history? Who's the most famous cat in history? And sort of... That's fun. That could be interesting. Uh, Mr. Ed Iconomancer. No, that works. What are some other fun ones? Cats could be Catharomancers. Sure, sure. They're, they're quite clean, quite fastidious. Anyway, there's a lot. There's a lot yes. of magic schools. Uh, there's a lot to... Uh, yeah, I would basically allow any kind of magic as long as it was it was adapted for the situation the familiar find itself in. I would agree. Probably wouldn't allow avatar channels. Okay. Viaturgy. Viaturgy, huh? What would be a viaturgy animal? Uh, I guess, like, dogs come to immediate mind. 
There's that orangutan in Dubai <laughs> that drives the golf cart around. That works too. Yeah, there you go. I've only, I'm only familiar with that orangutan because I saw the video of him driving around while the Sopranos opening place. I love the idea of um, some player characters like a car stops. Like they're in a bad situation, the car stops, the window goes down, <laughs> and orangutan just looks at them with a facial expression that just suggests no time to explain, just get in. Just very blank expression, except after 30 seconds, it just puffs up your cheeks and goes, yep. drives off. Okay, I will, so here's going to be my definitive statement on this. Animals can't channel avatar paths except for primates, which can channel the lowest level. Uh, channel yeah. an avatar path because maybe dolphins do maybe dolphins I d- dolphins have their own invisible clergy we've been over the storms um, oh yeah true 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 because I just love the idea of like a chimp trying to channel any given avatar path it's really fun to me it's 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 too fun not to allow uh, because it makes sense even with like chimp culture the warrior is an obvious yes. one warrior is still around the mother is still around a lot of those fundamental archetypes are still present. Now, there's another fun one, right? Like, okay, through some horrible twist of fate, uh, and Joe Rogan is probably partially to blame, the current godwalker of the warrior is a chimp. You need to do something about this. <laughs> uh, now, looking at the Avatar list and thinking chimp, I- I'd laugh at most of these, actually. Because <laughs> um, I'm looking at, like, the star. I'm like, come on, the star. It's the chimp on the TV show. You know, MVP, it's like it's an most chimp. valuable primate. It's it's already here. There you go. It's already here. It's it's already been written for us, Thompson. Like all of these, the survivor, the trickster, uh, yeah, the true king. Yes, um, the two faced man, the two faced chip would be like the pet chip that rips off its um, owner's face at some point. <laughs> hey, he now has two faces. That's right. Um, some would be harder. I love. Oh my god. The chip confessor. Don't sit down with the chip and tell him all your sins. And the chip like nods sagely. What was the name of Michael Jackson's monkey? Bubbles, I think. He might have had a bit of that oh, going on. God. And any of these that don't seem to fit chimps could fit orangutans. So I'm like, all right. I do enjoy the plot of like all of Joe Rogan's entire career has just been part of some conspiracy to get a chimp into the invisible clergy somehow. And that's about to come to fruition. And all the clergy are terrified because of the presidents that this sets. Reminds me of that um that bit in Sandman where um like human beings start off as like tiny little animals that are hunted by cats until they dream the world yeah. that we know into existence. Like that could very easily happen with the visual clergy, like sure. enough apes get up there and it's becomes it's part of the apes next time. Yeah. Next next universe. Damn we really tried that. We just kept you guys around as a fun nostalgic callback. <laughs> you are the Kurosawa reference of species. No, you are the Wilhelm scream of species. Nothing wrong with that. So, playing a familiar as a player character, I would allow it. I would encourage it. Um, I would allow it some rules again. Change. The, the book straight up says, like, this is not an option for power gamers. No, it's, it shouldn't be because you got some weakness. I think in third ed rules, you wouldn't be looking at like a normal character sheet. Yeah. You'd be looking at something more like an unnatural entity thing. Yeah. I mean, the nice thing is that the identity system is extremely flexible. So, Oh, yeah. Yeah, identity, actual dog. And then identity, say adept identity, and then identity for whatever like stuff you remember from your human life. Yeah. It's done. Would you keep the whole familiars have a single passion thing? I kind of like it. I kind of like it too. I mean, presumably that like comes from the animal, 
So this implies that animals have a single passion and then the obsession comes from the demon. Mm, interesting, yeah. The other side of that is like animals don't really wouldn't really have stress meters the same way that people That's do. an issue. And especially demons don't either. Yeah. I'd say like the way of handling that would just be give them more identity points, but they don't have like they can't default to something else because the stress checks. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe they just have like one stress gauge that is tied into. I like to, let, th- let's think in terms of uh, what I guess stress meters a animal would have. Violence, sure. Violence, sure. Uh, helplessness, isolation would depend on the animal. Let's say, but hell, let's say no. They don't need isolation so much. Some social animals would definitely have it. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. So definitely, some animals get um, fucked up by not yeah. being around. Actually, lots of animals. This is why they pair up animals, yeah. uh, even with different animals. Like um, they had, uh, I remember there was a, a cheetah that they had in some like uh, animal park somewhere, but mm-hmm. they didn't have another cheetah, so they just paired it up with a dog. Yeah, because apparently, yeah, if they raise together, dogs and cheetahs get along very well. I mean, that happens like a lot of animals. If an animal is natally raised uh, with a different kind of animal, they usually get along all right. Okay, a natural. I don't see no reason why animals would have an unnatural stress meter. That that comes, as we established like a few episodes ago, that more comes from like a sense of shared culture uh, and taboo and like yeah. what is and is not acceptable. So no, I wouldn't really say so. And self, also no really, at least in most cases. So how about this? Animals pick three stress meters of their choice and generally how it kind of shakes out would be something like they have violence and helplessness and solitary animals have a self, social animals have an isolation. They get one passion, and then in exchange they get more uh, identity points to spend. But when related to abilities that they don't have meters in, they don't default. It's just an automatic fail. Unless they have an identity in it. Uh, maybe, because you'd lose, I guess, knowledge and lie you can lose for most animals. Yes. Because they're not talking most of the time. Um, and you could, status doesn't make sense. I would disagree. There's definitely some animals where status makes sense. <laughs> the highest status. That's true. Um, I was out at some like shopping center area like early in the morning just the other day. And there was like shops were opening up and people were like standing around and it was very normal. And then just out of the out of the suburbs and it was like a misty morning and out of the suburbs just came this giant like Cujo looking dog that was just wandering around and everyone was staring at this dog. It wasn't doing anything, it was just wandering around the car park, like pissing on things. That dog had status. That dog had some status. And I think the thing that we'll just kind of need to come to terms with this, with their edition especially, playing an animal is very much an edge case that the system is not really designed to encompass. Sure. Second sure. edition, the animal, the familiar rules are stretching it a decent amount as is. They just realized that some people would want to. I know. I'm, pre- I'm pretty liberal. I'd really allow lots of things. Identity and- lamppost. If you want to play a lamppost, go for it. That's right. That's right. It might be hard with certain things. Like um, the problem with playing any kind of demon is because of the uh, because they're pieces of shit sociopaths and and psychopaths, and they're not human, and it's hard to yeah, they're disruptive on that end too. Then again, you could also have player characters like that. Well, yes, and that's also why I like that sort of obligation that exists in the form of the uh, their summoner being the only way that they can uh, maintain this existence. Mm, yeah, that's true. Because it, like you know, it kind of it's a built-in excuse for like, okay, why is this thing cooperating with you guys? There is a lot of room for uh, inter-party conflict, as would be expected by any entity that has special rules for possessing another player character. Yeah, 
Exactly. We could talk about this another time, another episode. But I would like, like, I'd like to discuss, like, as you're saying, like the the justification for having a weird, unnatural entity in the cabal is always fun. Uh, clockworks are fairly obvious, but like, even like a like an edge class, like if someone wants to play a snowfallen. If you could fucking justify it. <laughs> that, that would be, you'd need to give me a really good explanation. I, I'm not going to say no out of hand, but uh, you'd need to give me a really good pitch for me to approve that one. I'm just, it's just snowy. It's just, yeah, I'm just looking for my, I'm looking for my son. Finally, my chance to play my carnal pl- character that I've been uh, looking for a game for for years. What do you... Uh, yeah, I thought it was weird, too, that nobody would let me play this character and immediately kicked me out after I pitched them. <laughs> you mean Dick Johnson? Hey, 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 hey. Dick was his father. Richard, Richard <laughs> please. So, is there anything else to talk, talk about when it comes to familiars? Not that comes to mind. I mean, yeah, it's, it's your excuse to either invoke a classic bit of folklore slash witch mythology, or even the the closest thing you're going to get to playing a character in an army is that isn't a pig or a dolphin. Or maybe a chimp. That's right. And the, the, I think that's mostly because I'm a fan of chimps. I, I, I think most GMs aren't going to give you that one. I'm more of a um, bonobo stan. I, I'm, I'm speaking of chimps very broadly here. as So any sort of great hit. So including gorillas, bonobos, chimps, uh, orangutans. Those are the main ones. There, need, there needs to be at least gibbons. seven. There needs to be at least seven Torsen. And then we need to apply them the seven deadly sins. That's how this sort of process works. So lust would be the bonobos. Oh, surely. easily. Uh, Pride is the orangutan. Uh, wrath would be the gorilla, I'd imagine. Uh, envy, I'd say, would be the chimpanzee. Perhaps. Well, we're missing a few, but I think it is best that we move on to sort of the end state. Of familiars, if they stick around, the demons stick around in that body for too long. Is this an end state situation, or is this just a fuck up? I, I'd imagine it's just kind of a risk that if they stick uh, in an animal body for too long, then yeah, that's what happens. Though so it seems to be implied that there's lots of reasons that a demon might possess a animal. It's just that with familiar. Again, this is another reason why I like the core familiars being in the exchange of power between their summoner and uh, the demon. And the animal's sort of a medium for the exchange to happen, slash a cover for the demon to use, because a lot of summoners don't know what familiars actually are. Though the fucked up thing is this also implies that you could technically have a familiar that's just a person. And it's just (laughs) Just about the nature of the relationship in the devil's teeth. That's interesting. That would be something that you'd want to keep under wraps if you had that ritual. Yes. It's just a guy. Just a guy. I like the idea that it can't work. No, it can't work for humans, but Legion pigs can summon human familiars. <laughs> sure. Why not? Oh, no. Here's a good idea. He, he, here's a fucked up idea. It only works for humans with some sort of particular genetic condition. Oh, no. That's terrible. Some particular uh, allele. Everything else is just, like, correlated with baldness or something, right? It's not, like, any sort of, like, neurological. I thought uh, I thought you were going in a much no, worse direction. No, no, no. Just there's a, <laughs> there's a specific, um, like, base pair that allows you to be a human familiar. And it's, like... I don't know about this. It just this. looks like it has no correlation with any sort of other condition. Uh, Farjanex... Far geneticists think it's just another bit of dead virus DNA that 
took a presence in our genome millions of years ago and stuck around, but actually, no, if you have a weird mutation in it, then yeah, you can become a human familiar. That's sort of like a like if you can get a genetic sort of basis to uh, supernatural identities. I shy away from that because I don't. I don't it can know. In the lean, other universe, it can sure. lean into some very uncomfortable implications. I agree. I don't know. I just don't buy it with the metaphysics. I'm just like, well, okay, genetics, genetics. I mean, we, well, we have DNA in this. It, it seems that to a certain one? degree, this stuff can be based on physiology. You know, considering how often blood is a part of the exchange process for this sort of shit. Uh-huh. It could be that that's this sort of like anything to do with like DNA and genetics is something that's developed more recently in the right. rituals All because right. that's something that's more on people's minds. Sure. Um, where back in the day, that wasn't what sort of, that's not how it worked at all, perhaps. No, that makes Although sense. Even back in the day, there was like, um, yeah, like the blood curses or like... Yeah, blood were, curses or, you know, certain degrees of spirituality associated with different families or when you get really dicey where it's like, okay... People of this cast of this lineage are not capable of enlightenment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that sort of thing. So I, I think that stuff's sort of been broadly around for a long time. It's just only recently where you could see something rise where it's like this very obscure base pair buried deep in the genome is what allows you to be something that specific. And that granular is what allows you to be uh, a human familiar. Now, the really fun, the really fun end result of this is someone ends up being their own familiar. I'm my own familiar. I have no idea oh, how that would work, it? but it's really fun to think about. Finally, I can control myself. Sure. No, that's great. Uh, okay, when you put it that way, that sounds awesome, right? You just... You, you, now, you now have ultimate willpower. You just need to verbally instruct yourself what to do. That Yeah, that that, that seems very useful, actually. That seems like a, something that people would want. Although, again, because you're not a demon, so how do you summon yourself? But like, I, I wouldn't think it would be linked to familiarness, but I do like the idea of like... So that gives that gene... That actually gives that gene like a really cool double-edged sword effect of like, all right, on um, if you don't know about this gene that you have... It means that people can take control of you if they find out you have it. If you do find out about it, uh, then it grants you ultimate control over your own will. Hmm, interesting. I don't know. I don't like the gene element. Like, I, I don't know. It's- I just like having weird... You know, you, you, you want to have this stuff uh, tied into weird shit once in a while where it's like, okay, only people with that are uh, missing uh, their left pinky toe can sure. uh, be subject to this ritual or whatever or are always defended from this ritual whether the pinky toe lack of pinky toe comes from some sort of mutation or some sort of accident that they had later in life <laughs> because that's where the soul is yeah it's the pinky to, obviously anyway lycanthropes yes so talking about. yeah that if a demon is stuck in an animal body for too long uh there's something kind of happens where the animal spirit and the demon soul kind of get all tangled up. And then when that jumble of soul and spirit exits the animal body, usually through death of that body, they're still tangled up together. And then they can possess a human body. And then you get something really weird going on. And that's what lycanthropy is. Because... When um, that happens, you have the usual effects where once in a while 
um, the demon will take control of the human body and use that towards its own uh, obsession-driven ends. But the animal spirit's still in there, and that can take control of the human body, too. And that's when shit gets even weirder, because when that animal's in control of the human body, the human body turns into that animal. And not only that, it was always that animal. It was historically always that animal, in sort of a cleomantic history-editing sense. Everyone remembers that animal. And the difficulty there comes when, you know, say a wolf spirit and a demon get tangled together and then possess a guy. And then the wolf takes control of the guy. Uh, then you have that wolf doing wolf shit. You know, pissing on trees, howling, and whatnot. Yeah, there's people that do, don't, people that do that without being possessed by wolf spirit. So it wouldn't stand out too much. But it does mean that you're gonna end up with a bunch of people. At the time they witnessed it, they're just like, okay, that's a wolf. I'm gonna get away from that. That's dangerous. But when, when things shift back to the human being in charge, they remember, man, that was really weird when we saw that guy in the woods howling and pissing on trees. But that's that's even an example of something which is not that weird because they went away from the wolf and then they remember going away from the guy who looks like who's acting like a wolf. Yes, it gets weirder. For example, if a, 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 someone turns into a pigeon and someone feeds them bread and then later on the next day he's like, "Why was I in the park feeding the homeless man bread?" And why did he <laughs> like, fly away know. afterwards? <laughs> yes, and it doesn't always like kick in like it's a unnatural encounter that is like in their back of their mind that yeah. they might not even think about again because they weren't like encountering it in yeah. sort of a linear time the human memory is a fickle thing yes. especially when you bring like history being edited and all these sort of uh, psychological defense mechanisms that people have with regards to natural events into the mix. But, yeah. you know, one one guy remembers it, that can just be kind of like, what the f- that obviously didn't happen, and then they can rationalize it away. <laughs> that must have been a TV show I was watching or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or it was a dream I had. But when 20 people yeah. uh, see the homeless dude in the park fly up to the power line and start grooming himself that's when you start to have issues that's that's a tiger waking situation but that memory wouldn't emerge until like the person turned from a bird back into a human so 20 people remember seeing a guy clinging to like just like sitting on a power line and most of it's it's only when like someone like brings it up that it becomes a problem. And they might not. Like, because why would you bring that up? That's a crazy thing to bring up. And that was that's what probably keeps the veil down. But if someone does and everyone in the room is like, yeah, no, I saw that too. You know, a lot of the time it's just going to be like, these people don't know each other. They'll never have a chance to talk about it again. It'll be fine. But, you know, say someone's going on a walk with her wife and they both see the homeless man uh, cleaning himself on the telephone wire. Um, they'll probably forget about it, and then... Because they don't, they don't see that. They see a bird. Only later does it get rewritten. But then it gets rewritten, and then they're like, man, I had this crazy dream a while back where it's just like this dude was flying around, and we were feeding him bread. And then the, then her wife is like, wait, no, I remember having the exact same dream. What the fuck? Then they might just assume, like, oh, it's because we're so close that we have the same dreams, or, yeah. like, it could... Like, there's plenty of explanations. And then also, that lycanthrope is going to turn back into a pigeon at some point. And then when they look, they cast their minds back, if they're thinking about it, suddenly they'll be like, oh no, wait, that was just a pigeon. What the fuck are we talking about? Well, I suspect this is why lycanthropy, werewolves and whatnot, are so closely associated with feeding on villages. 
because in villages, everyone knows each other enough that eventually people are going to take notice and this uh, shared experience is going to make itself known and be spread. Yeah, so it doesn't matter if if you if your memory is of a wolf taking like the old lady and dragging her into the into the trees or if it's a guy doing it. It it's both a problem and it need they it needs to be shot. Well, yeah, because it suddenly becomes much more of an issue when that was your grandma and the grandma of yes. like a third of the village. And also, like, even if your memory turns back to it being a man, and this might be the complication because, like, the village meets and has a discussion about this wolf, and then suddenly they all remember it being a man, yeah. and they continue the discussion, but they still remember talking about it like it was a wolf, yeah. and, like, the brain goes, what the fuck, and it's like, oh, it must be a fucking werewolf. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this is why the, yeah, it's something in between. That makes more sense. And I'd also imagine that's why werewolves in particular are so much more well-known compared to other lycanthropes is that they're an animal that, one, demons are likely to possess, and two, an animal that actually, you know, preys upon humans given the opportunity, and that stands out. Pigeons, that don't matter as much. I mean, some cultures would have, like, probably tigers. Yeah. Like, uh, any kind of tiger lanthrope would yeah. be a problem. You usually... Lycanthropes associated with a given culture are some sort of large predator. Yep. Because that's what you're scared of. It's a guy that is also an animal that can kill and eat you. Yeah, it doesn't matter if it's the grizzly bear ripping into your ca- into your tent or it's a guy um, it still wants to eat you, and that's yeah. the problem. Yeah. And there's plenty of stories about... Um, and any anytime it's more of a... Um, like a harmless kind of thing, that, that could also be explained by lycanthropy, like something like a selkie... Um, which doesn't have as many negative stories as sure. associated with it as as werewolves, but it could still be like, okay, this was this is a woman that's sometimes a seal, yeah. and they get confused. So they're like, oh well, she puts on her seal like skin, and she becomes a seal again. Yes. These are stories to explain the twisted memories. Yeah, precisely. Because the problem is, it's not just the memories are being twisted, but also these twisted memories generate secondary memories that you have to like somehow explain and making up a story about a. Uh, like a woman putting on yeah. a seal skin is an easier explanation than dealing with the fact that the universe is changing. Now, this has some interesting implications, though. Because one, it implies that animal spirits can survive in human bodies to a certain degree. Well, sort of. Yes, they're, they're, they're at least there somewhere in the brain. Yes, they're there. So, say someone exercises the demon in such a way that, because of ritual's flawed or whatever, that the animal spirit sticks around in the person. What happens? Well, they do mention that one of the problems of being a demon in an animal body is that you're wedging your whole human mind into a, a, a brain which is not meant to encompass it. Yes. I mean, it might be okay if you're in a in a chimp or a, an elephant which has a big-ass brain. Yeah, but, you know, even after you leave that body, you might hold on to a strong affinity for peanuts, right? That's right. And a better memory. Yeah. Yes. So if you're an animal and you say it's like someone is possessed by a lycanthrope spirit, which is a combination of animal spirit and demonic soul or demon anyway, whatever it is. And the demon gets gone, gets done, and but the animal spirit lingers around. The animal spirit, because it's in a human brain, it's hosted there somehow, it might slowly, in the same way that a demon becomes more animal by being in an animal brain or animal mind, the animal might become more human. It might start having existential crises and worrying about like super ego related concerns and wondering who am I and shit like that. And that is also a problem. Oh no, it's tax season. Wait, what are taxes? (laughs) 
this it's like one of those things where like where a cat like freaks out for no reason it's just because it's thought of taxis <laughs> and it goes ah i mean the question there i guess is how much of the sort of animal transformation is because of the animal spirit versus the uh changes in the demon psychology from being in an animal brain for so long yeah, and I lean towards the it mostly be animal spirit because I think that's more fun. But it also explains the erratic and violent behavior you see from the kind of in between because everything that the demon does is also going to be post hoc rationalized as actions of the man wolf, right? So the wolf might just be trying to keep by itself and go off in the woods. It might be the demon that keeps on eating people because his obsession is human flesh or. Like eating Cheetos yes. or like riding roller coasters yes. or whatever it is. Yes. Uh, which, it, whatever the obsession is, whatever the urge is. Basketball. Basketball, yeah. There we go. Um, Air Bud explained. Oh, uh, I, I was going for Teen Wolf for sure, that too. I do like the idea, and this is not in Rules as Written, that um, it's possible... Like, there's there's two bodies. There's going to be... There's the human body and the animal body. Yeah. But there's three minds. And I do like the idea it's possible to, like, just roll the dice and whoever's, like... You roll the, D2, the, the D2 and the D3, and this is the body and this is the mind it's in control at the moment. Sure. Um, this, this might be something that happens when the animal starts to develop more human characteristics or more control. Because yeah. I do like the idea of the animal just being stuck in the human body and trying to figure shit out with a sort of vague idea of what's going on. Maybe some access to like, like it's it's trying to figure out, it's it's got access to the like the language part of the brain so it can say things, but some, of, some concepts uh, elude it. Sure. Because it's still primarily... An animal. I mean, that's also fun because this implies that, like, so it holds on to the language part of the brain. Say you separate them somehow. Now you just have, like, a ferret that knows how to read. It can't speak, but knows how to read. Chomsky eat your heart out. That's right. Apes don't have language? Not yet, they don't. I, I think Chomsky's car- heart is in a canopic jar somewhere, so. He certainly looks like it from the last interview <laughs> of him I watched, which was only a couple months ago. Months old. Ah, uh, good old Chomsky. He just hollowed out a copy of Das Kapital and <laughs> put his filled the pool with vinegar and put his heart in there. Now, if you were like a post um, demon control, or if you're able to keep the demon under control, running a lycanthrope as a player character is kind of interesting, although it's a little bit disruptive. Although sometimes you're an animal, which is fun. It could be something, a condition that you develop during play. It's not sure. like, okay, this yeah. is my character content. It's like, okay, congratulations. That uh, summoning attempt was totally botched. You are now a... Yep. Uh, what's a fun one? Um, Werecrow. Why not? Werecrows are good. Any kind of bird makes it useful because you can fly. Come on. Yeah, we don't have a whole lot of control over it. And that, that, that makes it even more of a hassle because you can, like... A wolf can only get so far in the suburbs. Uh, a crow can just fuck off wherever. I did have a theory... About um, lycanthropes, he had some control, um, and I was thinking about the uh, the conspiracy theories uh, regarding, particularly like specifically Israeli um, animal spies, uh, yes, um, sharks and dolphins and such, uh, because like at various attempts to have animal spies or animal animals involved in espionage or warfare have been done by the Americans and by the Soviets. I think my personal favorite was them trying to get dogs to uh, lay grenades. And the problem was that the dogs kept bringing the grenades back. Of course. 
it's not what you want. Yes, I know that they did some things with dolphins um, laying mines or like clearing mines yeah. or something. It's all very uh, involved. If you had lycanthrope involved... Listen, if you um, had CIA money, like- you'd try weird shit like that too. That's true, that's true. Especially, hey, any edge you can get in the Cold War. That's a fun alternate timeline, one where the dolphins end up being what wins the Soviets the Cold War. <laughs> one of Just one of those crazy espionage warfare plans involving animals that actually ends up working in this timeline and that ends up being... What clinches the Cold War for one side or the other? Uh, I mostly like the Soviet thing because that's there's a fun Posadas joke in there. The, the thing about the the Israel one is because there's a, a fairly extensive array of conspiracy theories involving uh, Israeli animal spies, um, including uh, kestrels, uh, bee eaters, vultures, eagles, sharks, and dolphins, and pigs even. Uh, rats and cattle. I mean, this just, uh, so, the, the mundane explanation for this is, you know, the merging of your garden variety anti-Semitism with some sort of paranoid delusion. But, but that's no fun. Let's talk about this. Like, yes, of course, the Israeli government are using Kestrel, uh, using, uh, Kestrel lycanthropes to spy on, uh, their geopolitical enemies. Why wouldn't they? Well, yeah, it's like, as I, as I said, like governments have put like spy cameras and GPS transmitters on birds yeah. and things. Like it's been a it's a project that lots of intelligence agencies have worked on. Usually they're not great. Like it's not reliable, I'd say. But if you've got lycanthropes, fuck it, yeah. I've always wondered how birds were trained to do like letter deliveries in the first place. How, how did they get that working and off the ground? Practice, practice. Well, I'd be, yeah, I imagine that's a big part of it. But, you know, the pigeons can take any number of routes. And generally, with a camera, you want them to get somewhere specific. And you want them to get somewhere specific that you do not have access to at the moment and thus cannot train them mm. to find as a destination, which is, I'd imagine, the big difficulty. Yeah. But, like, Hanthrops, all bets are off until the guy transforms away mid-flight. And now <laughs> yeah, you have a that's an issue. now you have a very strange diplomatic incident on your hands. He was uh, he was parachuting. He was parachuting from a spy plane. Well, this is why like if you've got like a shark or a dolphin like a throat, then you just make sure that the guy is already in scuba gear so that if he is go. like in yeah, in the Red Sea and he turns back into a human, he's not immediately going to drown. I mean, I like this idea because like, this implies you need to intentionally summon particularly jingoistic demons. Well, this is what I like about the ideas of like um, having like government agencies getting involved in magic. I think it should be like that low-level, um, like the men who stare yeah. at goats style, like dealing with one thing and trying to like make it make sense. I mean, my understanding is that Stargate actually for a while was getting a good amount of funding, but it was, yeah. you know... They, they were doing stuff that was pretty mainstream, pretty occult mainstream, you know, fucking uh, ESP cards and shit. And it was getting good funding for occult research, yeah. not good funding for the military. Yes. Like, it was some money, but they were giving more money to other more useful projects and other less useful projects too, but were less crazy. I mean, they were still giving plenty of money to some crazy projects during the time MKUltra comes to mind. Oh, yeah. Because if you don't do it, the Soviets will. Yeah. Of course. If we don't build psychic super soldiers and the Soviets will do it first. If we don't have sharks with laser guns on their heads, then the Soviets will make them first. That's it. Don't you love mad-driven geopolitical strategy and planning? Oh, yeah. Game theory is the best. If we don't do this first, then our enemies will. Anything else that we should bring up on the intersection between demons and animals? 
um, with or without humans being involved. I have, I, I, again, I do wonder if you take the demon out of the equation, what do you got left? You get the animal. You got the animal and the man for lycanthropes, I mean. So do you just have a more stable lycanthrope pretty much? Big question is, um, so my understanding is that demons don't share bodies too well. They get real jealous real fast. Yeah. But if you're talking something as, uh, kind of jumbled as lycanthrope spirit, can you just shove a bunch of those in one dude? Maybe. It'd probably suck to be like that a guy. Bunch of animals. A one man zoo. That's interesting. That's something that, like, yeah, like certain occultists and governments would probably try to do uh, let's see how many different because that would make sense you want if you want to make an animal if you have to break a few eggs i'm just imagining like a bunch of fucking fbi researchers and one like the guy in charge of their funding goes like wait why did you six why did you stick six animal spirit slash demons into this one man they all like the researchers are just kind of there stroking their chins <laughs> scratching at the sides of their faces why did we do that? If we don't do it, the terrorists win. That's why. <laughs> if we don't do it, Al-Qaeda will do it first. Bin Laden has foxholes full of these fuckers all over Afghanistan right now. Well, that's something um, we could talk about at some point where like magic and like occult tricks would maybe make more sense for a, like a terrorist group or an activist group or anyone for whom like asymmetrical warfare is like an important consideration yeah definitely where you're fighting someone who's got way more stuff um anytime when like one of the main uses for magic i can see in ua is when you're in a situation where there's no solution go to magic sure you see that same sort of thing in folklore with like anthropes where you know stuff like the berserkers there's theories that they influenced the uh werewolf mythology and my understanding is that um there are contemporary accounts that mention, like, druids that the Romans were fighting turning into animals and shit. Sure. And that's that's another fun thing. You should be able to make intentional deals with, like, canthrope demons to, like, turn into animals with a specific purpose in mind. Yeah, that would require a bit more control by the demon, and it's a bit mixed up, but maybe it's possible. Well, it's like making any sort of deal with the demon, right? Where it's like, okay, these are the terms... I give, we do this in exchange, I give you unfettered access to my body for this long. I think it should involve, like, yeah, making a deal with a demon that the demon can't easily get out of, or doesn't, wasn't, isn't going to be inclined to get out of, and then also, like, taming the beast in a way that it's, like, it's not necessarily, uh, if it's a domesticated animal, it might just be, like, gaining its trust, but even if it's a wild animal, like gaining its trust and like sort of not, not domesticating it if it's not non-domesticatable but at least taming it in a way that you can sort of control but this is not like a familiar it doesn't have the high intelligence it has normal uh, animal intelligence unless it starts to build some more I'd imagine that there's mind. different degrees to which lycanthrope animal spirits are sort of broken in by the demon that they're sharing yeah, their true. yeah spiritual mass That's, with well that might make it difficult for the human to try to like like win the trust of the animal because it might like it's in the head so from the animal's point of view it's dealing with another human soul which is like a terrifying thing which has more power than it and the last human soul that or sort of post-human soul that interacted with it was a piece of shit demon that might have been oh absolutely absolutely but again this is again more about making the deal the demon than with the animal though yeah i do like the idea that okay you can uh if you are able to extricate those from each other the animal spirit will be very grateful and now you have a means of turning into this animal uh under much more favorable terms 
Well, that's the thing. Like, you're in a sort of tripartite situation where you have two choices. Like, you can either make a deal with the demon to control the animal, or you could try, you could figure out a way to get the animal on your side and yeah. therefore either suppress or exile the demon. Yeah, yeah. And, but that latter one's a lot more work. A lot more work, but probably, like, I mean, if it's a dog, the thing is, a demon, you can trust the demon to be disloyal. But if you want, like, if you've got the animal spirit and, like, got some trust there, like, you could rely on them a little bit more, but less less because they're a fucking animal, but more because they're not a demon. Well, it'd basically be, like, some sort of weird combination of exorcism and uh, taking in a stray or an abused pet, where it's like, okay, you, you need to go through the very long process, very stop and start of... Getting this animal to trust you after it's been so long, if ever, since it's trusted a human. And then you add a demon to the mix, actively fucking with it. In a campaign, this might... It's, I don't know, I, I feel it would be leading to a little bit too much self-play, but people enjoy that, and as long as it's like compelling for everyone. Yeah. You'd have to like manage it uh, well, but that's like anything. Well, the fun thing about demonic possession is it's self-play until it isn't. Yeah, true. It's self-play until you lose all payer agency, because... <laughs> demons in control yeah and that's why it's kind of like a cool i think it's a it's a cool sort of risk to take where it's like you're choosing between something that's entirely focused on you're taking the risk uh between something focused on you entirely and something where you aren't involved at all yeah yeah that can that can make it a nice balance if it's done well yeah and you know it's not it's nothing as bad as like the shadow run problem of uh, you know the hacker that's operating on a 10 times faster time scale uh, from everyone else, but you're all working towards the same objective and the hacker man's uh, goals. Your guys' goals are predicated upon the hacker man doing his hacker man shit. Yeah. It's, it's a bit different. Like, yeah, you, and my experience is running away. You're going to have those kind of periods where w- one or a couple players are the focus while you have a, the other, the rest of the party kind of off on the side. Well, one, that's something that happens, I think, in every role-playing game. And two, I think yeah. UA, just kind of the way it works, makes that stuff less egregious than it can be, potentially. Yeah, but it's still a it's a balancing act, and it's something that GMs need to be cognizant of. Yeah, yeah. A lot of it's just down to the GM having to make an effort in that regard, and it's not something yeah. that the system in and of itself is particularly egregious and presenting problems with and there's other examples of this like especially in ua with uh, things like the room of renunciation which is very obviously an exercise in self-play i would like to talk about how to manage that i think the the room room needs some serious consideration of how to make it more playable yeah and we will we'll talk about this at some point but it's there's problem is that we'd have to read there's a lot to read actually there's lots of rooms well there's not that many rooms but there's enough that we haven't got it got to it yet well, anything else we think we should discuss with regards to familiars and or demons? Well, familiars, demons, uh, animal demons, lycanthropes, any combination in thereof? Well, I think that the only way to figure out, um, have you seen an animal around here recently? Well, I was going to say I'm, I'm happy that we're done recording. Uh, and, well, uh, my mouth's kind of dry. So, Tormson, if you if you would, please. Oh, God damn it. All right, fine.